we securing everything that we ain't never had and we like to pop tags we big bags we securing everything that we ain't never had and we like to Chill out, you can't. <laughs> all right, all right, I got it, I got it. Mm-hmm. Whoa, Azam, welcome back. We are here again with the Mindful Malpractice Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Cordell Caldwell, joined by my co-host and brother, Bryson Drennan. Go ahead and say what's up to him. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. Hope y'all have had a good week and ready for a good podcast. We're going to lay it down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So a couple little housekeeping things right up front. We just want to let y'all know we appreciate this love, support, and feedback from the first episode. Um, We've decided that we are going to cut down the show a little bit. So we'll only be doing our life changes topic and a social segment just so we can focus on the things that make us unique and give y'all what y'all are really here to see. We're not going to take up any more of y'all time. We'll Let's jump get into right it. Into it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, I'm really excited about today's topic. We got a couple good ones for y'all. So first things first, we're going to hit up our life changer segments. And today, I'm going to let Bryce introduce it because, you know, this is a big one and it really hits home for him. So go ahead and take it away, Bryce. Yeah, I'm going to not try and get on the soapbox with this one, but <laughs> this is something that I've experienced personal in practice. And so today what we're going to talk about is in, in a broad sense, health literacy. I think there was a study saying that over 60% of Americans are health illiterate. Necessarily, they don't know and understand the health field to the point to where they could speak for themselves if they were being mistreated or mis, um, miscared for. I kind of had um, a situation go down not too long working at the pharmacy and there's a medication that's being commonly prescribed called ivermectin. Mm-hmm. And so this medication has no clinical background, no studies, no statistical data supporting the use for treatment of COVID. Where I practice, you see this being prescribed a lot commonly from um, prescribers. And unknowingly, patients will get very frustrated with us in the pharmacy, almost to the point that they're you know, ready to take action because we're not allowing them to fill its prescription. Right. And our pharmacist, who's actually you know, a very uh, shrewd man in, in, in regards to what should be appropriate and what isn't appropriate for a medication regimen denies this in our practice. And he kind of was telling me that, you know, this is not something that's going to help. So why are we prescribing it? And so you want to trust in your provider, but at the same time, you can't just do everything he says without looking into it, gathering more information. And so what I'm preaching on is people understanding the importance of knowing what they're getting and building a relationship with your provider. Yeah. So It's really interesting that, you know, you mentioned a lot of people lack health literacy. I think, especially as Americans, uh, a lot of people are very comfortable with the idea that, oh, these are the professionals, so obviously they know everything, and I'm just going to take their word for it. The problem with that, when you're not hearing, well, like you said, you don't have that relationship with your healthcare provider or in some cases, unfortunately, you have less than scrupulous healthcare providers. They give you wrong information or you hear wrong information on television mm-hmm. and you take it as gospel. Now you're just running out and be like, oh, I need this drug. I need to do this thing. And it's like, we, you understand the fear. However, people need to come to a point where they accept that there's no simple answers to everything. Right. Right. So sometimes 
even in medicine, as technical, technologically advanced as medicine has become, sometimes there isn't just a clear cure. And just taking anybody's word that tells you this information or this medicine is going to help you carte blanche is dangerous. Um, you need to understand what you're putting in your body because at the end of the day, you have to live with the results of exactly. whatever happens to you, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, and so it is a big issue that people aren't taking the time to learn for themselves and to find out this information. And with you being in the medical field, how would you, you know, advise people to go about learning more about the, not only the medical practice, but, you know, prescriptions and different drugs that they're putting in their body? Right. A nod, a nod to my profession is, you know, <laughs> Pharmacists are the most accessible healthcare provider you'll find. You don't mm. have to make an appointment. You don't even have to have insurance. You can walk up into any pharmacy and ask questions. These people are here and open and free to engage in conversation. So if you ever feel like you don't know what's going on or you are curious about a medication, I would say a pharmacist will probably be the best source of information. And then I will couple that with credible and well-known resources online, FDA, CDC, you know, all of these government regulated um, health bodies, they're producing information and they're the ones doing the trials that are providing the support for why medication should be used or why it shouldn't, what are the effects, how it's going to affect your life. And so, you know, when you have a more comprehensive understanding of how the system works and you can couple that with the relationship with maybe someone like a pharmacist or even if you have a doctor or a nurse, if someone in the family is in the health field, if you can combine that, it can really help build a better picture of how you should operate. And that's, that's big because I know for me personally, I would consider myself reasonably uh, health literate. However, I never even thought to talk to a pharmacist, even though like, yeah. one of my best friends is a pharmacist, but right. I'm talking about like in general, just walking into CVS and being like, hey, I have a question about this, that, and the third. So that's really great advice that uh, people should consider implementing because, yeah, if you can get your hands on anybody with a degree who's open and available, you should take advantage of that, especially, I know there's a CVS or a Walgreens almost on every corner, and you on walk every block. Yeah. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> Push a pee. Like the corner, boy. <laughs> Legal dope, man, man. That's the profession. Absolutely. Yeah, for real, though. Uh, you need to take advantage of that because unless there's a rush going on, they're usually, you know, sitting around chatting up talking. I'm sure yeah. they would love to be engaged with someone who really wants to know more about their health. So yeah, as many steps as people can take, get information from as many places as possible. That's, that's what I would say just on a general uh, sense, because that's where you're able to corroborate things, right? If you only listen to what confirms your bias, then you're you're never going to get a true understanding for what's right. best for you. And I feel like that's the only time we get better in any aspect, yeah. um, especially with our health, is when you're willing to accept that, hey, maybe I don't already know everything I need to know about this. Funny thing that actually happened is a quick anecdote. Um, mm -hmm. I'm working at the pharmacy and so per common, as of right, as of late, another prescription comes in for ivermectin and we deny it. And then, so I get a call from a physician and he's mm -hmm. dang near cursing me out. He's like, why aren't you guys filling this prescription? What's going on? He was like, people's lives are on your hands. You're causing people's deaths. He's like, I'm the one that has to sign the death certificate. And you guys are the ones that are, you know, exacerbating the situation because you're not filling ivermectin. 
And so my response to that is, you know, a lot of times you might even see healthcare professionals or people with the degrees who are getting their information maybe from someone that is not appropriate, right? I don't want to, you know, throw Donald Trump under the table, but during the height of the pandemic, he was the one advocating for the misuse of certain medications to treat COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And so I you can the hydrochloroquine that, thing. Yeah, the hydrochloroquine thing. That's a really big example. So you can see that, you know, even people who are health literate might um, succumb to bad information, which could mm-hmm. lead them to malpractice. And, you know, when you guide that behind, you have an ego because you're, let's say, a doctor and you're supposed to be respected, coupled with your political views or what, what may be it if you have an incentive monetary to prescribe certain medications, there's, there has to be a way for you to regulate unbiased and, you know, completely objective medication that's backed by literature. Right, right. And, you know, from a legal perspective, I think the law's outlook on everything is very much, we set a high bar, right? Because we want to, as best possible, avoid frivolous lawsuits or, you know, wrongful, you know, reprimand or imprisonment, things of that nature. In order to find someone liable for malpractice, you have to prove that they had a professional duty, which usually doctors do, that they breached that duty. And, you know, sometimes it's easier proved than others, but generally that means, did they deviate from the standard that's expected of a doctor? However, malpractice also requires some sort of injury and damages. Mm. So the, if the patient doesn't actually suffer as a result of it, you're not going to be able to bring the doctor up for malpractice because the whole point of malpractice is to remedy the damage caused by the doctor. However, I will say, I do believe there is a space where the law can operate and not necessarily consider these things malpractice, but can put certain regulations in place to hold these doctors accountable for the things that they do. A lot of people will argue with this whole ivermectin thing, no harm, no foul, right? You're prescribing Mm -hmm. them something, but it doesn't necessarily hurt them. So we don't have an issue here. But the problem is when a doctor prescribes something, it is the general belief of the patient that the doctor is giving this to me because it's going to help me. So doctors should not be able to prescribe things that they cannot prove will actually help the patient, especially with the specific ailment that they're asking for the prescription for. So there should be some sort of regulation that prevents doctors from just writing prescriptions willy-nilly and getting away with it because, oh, it didn't hurt them, so it's fine. And you say that, and so like the doctor, the, the physician that I was talking to on the phone that was giving me a hard time about not feeling the script, was getting on me because he was saying that off-label prescribing, which basically is taking a medication that is not normally used for the treatment of something, to help that person in their symptoms is a normal thing, right? So maybe an example, um, polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS, it's like a menstrual disorder that women can have and it'll lead to overweight, right? And so the doctors will prescribe diabetes medication called metformin to address this weight gain that comes from something that has to deal with a female's anatomy. Mm -hmm. And so it's off label, but you still see that it has a positive effect in terms of the treatment, right? right? And so he used that as his defense to why he's prescribing ivermectin. But my rebuttal was ivermectin doesn't have any positive benefits to the treatment of COVID. 
And so it kind of left him speechless and then he began to get defensive and his ego got in the way. But I'm, I completely agree with you in terms of there has to be a way for a federal regulation to ensure that doctors are only prescribing the best medication that's going to help treat the patient for whatever problem they may have. It's one of those things. It could be so easily done, right? Because the medical mm -hmm. field relies on science and the entire purpose of science is test and result hypothesis and answer so we yeah. have objective, objective studies, information right? yeah yeah we have studies on this type of stuff right if we don't have peer-reviewed information that justifies ivermectin for the treatment of covid then you should not be able to prescribe ivermectin for the treatment of covid yep man. and all this all the stuff we're telling you like you might be asking if we're credible, we'll drop a link in the description. We have an FDA article that actually states, explicitly states why ivermectin shouldn't be given for COVID treatment and what ivermectin is. So if you want to learn a little bit more about it and kind of, you know, take actions into your own hands, we'll be providing that information too. I think that hits the nail on the head for our life changes topic. Hopefully y'all watching, we're able to take something away from that. At this time, we are going to move on and get into our social topic. So this topic has to do with flex culture mm -hmm. and more importantly, how it is so hard for no younger so, adults. No facts. <laughs> yeah, so. no facts. That's how we came yeah. up. Do it for the gram. You know what I mean? Yeah. All of that. And, uh, more importantly, like how it is so hard for the younger generation, like our generation, so young adults to prepare for their future and manage money. I was reading a study and it said 60% of high earning millennials, which means they make at least 100K, so 100K and up, 60% live paycheck to paycheck. And so I kind of wanted to break that down a little bit, you know, just talk about from our perspective, you know, both being people who will soon be in that same demographic. I first want to get your opinion on what were some of the pitfalls and some of the reasons that you may not have been the best with your money when you were younger or, you know, late teens, early adulthood? Yeah, man, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. I, I would say it all kind of stems of who you hang around and what information you receive. My mom was... Mm. You know, she would always drop gems on me. And at the time, as a child, you know, you, you really don't want to hear from your parents. But yeah. birds of a feather flock together, man. Mm. And when you surround yourself with people that are not necessarily the most financially responsible and you fall victim to social media and, you know, music and entertainment who are always pushing designer clothes, cars, jewelry, looking your best. Not saying that you shouldn't dress well, but, you know, if you don't have the means to accommodate that lifestyle that you hear mm. on music, or the lifestyle that you see on Instagram, and yet you're still, you know, acting and moving in, in that in that manner, you're really doing yourself a disservice. And I found that was probably the biggest thing for me is I was always hearing music about, you know, flexing and buying J's and looking good. And so I would, I had a whole host of shoes. I got shoes in my closet right now that I, I don't even wear, right? And I buy yeah. them and you post them on the gram and you get a couple likes or whatever. It becomes, it becomes a cycle, right? You, you mm. fall victim to wanting to fulfill that that need that instant gratification of oh i like that i want it now right you don't have any um self-preservation or you don't have any diligence to say no i'm not going to do that i want to think in in the long sight in the long term and how i want to live in about 20 years or 30 years from now and so that's where my mindset changed but when it comes to the difficulties that i faced growing up it was a lot because of the the things i was listening to and the people i was around yeah i feel that 
I think people underestimate how important it is to watch what you put into your body, right? In all mm-hmm. senses of the world, word, the information and the things that you receive, like the, you internalize that. And yep. that does have some effect on how you develop, especially when you're at such an impressionable age. I will say for myself, it was really interesting because when I was younger, I had more of an issue assimilating, right? I didn't make friends quite as easily. I kind of stuck out. I wasn't, you know, didn't fit in as well. And I noticed through media or just from, you know, as I started going to public school that, you know, the people with the flash were the ones that got the attention, right? The people, you know, they had it all, you know what I'm saying? They got the swag, they wear the new shoes, you know what I'm saying? They got the game. So it's like, okay, that's how, that's what people gravitate towards, right? Mm -hmm. That's in my mind as a young, young kid, that was acceptance. So it got to a point where I tried emulating that, right? And then especially mm-hmm. as I got a little bit older and started bringing in money for myself and started having to manage my own money, it got to a point where it was like, I am doing things primarily for the approval of other people. I'm going out and spending my money on vain, vapid things because I want to look nice. I want people to accept me. And that was such a toxic mindset to be in because it was a never ending cycle, right? There's always going to be new shoes. There's always going to be new clothes. There's always going to be a new fashion trend. And if you're only as, you know, our parents would say, keeping up with the Joneses, right? Just (laughs) doing stuff for the sake of trying to keep up appearances for everybody else, you're going to run yourself into the ground. And so that was one of the biggest hardships for me coming up was just, you know, always being in that rat race of always trying to get material items for approval. Yeah, and it's not to say that it's not a good thing to, you know, like I said earlier, have nice things and look good. But it has to be in moderation, and you have mm-hmm. to always keep within your mindset, where do you want to see yourself in the future? And so the conversation, I feel like, kind of lends itself into talking about financial literacy, another thing we can get into. And so my mindset started to change and transform as I started changing the information I was hearing, going back to what you were saying about what you put in your body is important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you hear from people who have financial independence, which is probably one of my goals right now, because as you become more busy or as I've become more busy, I realize how valuable time is. If I'm spending all of my time trying to earn a living so I can afford to have nice clothes and nice things, then I can't enjoy the hobbies that I love to do. And I have many hobbies. I mean, playing the guitar, speaking Spanish, working out. And these are all things that require a lot of time. And so financial independence is a way for me to not have to work excess amount of hours throughout the day. And then I can continue to make money passively and afford mm-hmm. to enjoy those hobbies I have. Right. And so I'm starting to hear all this information about how to reach that and how to obtain that. And then none of those things are advocating looking good and looking fly <laughs> and rocking J's and having the big chain with the Rolex, you know, yeah. ice dogs, none of that. They're <laughs> all talking about saving your money, investing, finding ways to make passive income. They even break it down to almost a science. And so when you begin to, you know, feel that into into your thoughts and your subconscious, you start to see money differently. You start to see jobs Mm. differently. And that's really where the reformation of my spending habits came into play. Right. I think one of the best things for me was learning that you could get a super fly outfit from Ross 
for about <laughs> like 25, 30 bucks, man, I can't tell you how much of my wardrobe people be like nowadays, right? People will be like, hey man, where you got that from? Ross, Marshall, oh you know what I'm saying? Hold like, on. There is something to be said about quality though. There's something, I'm not, okay, I'm not, I'm not, though, I'm like. not down shaming, you know, budget <laughs> spending. I'm with that. I'm there now. My mindset understands that. But if you're going to buy something that'll last a year, bro, and then you're going to find yourself buying that over a 10 year period, or you're going to buy one expensive piece that can last 10 years, I would, I would find myself more on that side of the spectrum of buying quality that. pieces. I feel that, but I think a lot yeah. of, you know, a lot of what we spend on fashion doesn't end up being quality stuff, yeah. right? Like you're yeah. paying money for name brands and yeah. it's like, oh, I could just get it out of season. I'm going to get a 90% mark off <laughs> for it. You know, yeah. everybody's still going to see the brand, but it's like, shoot, I got it way cheaper. I think yeah. the only brand that I would buy like really full price because of like known quality is honestly Lululemon. Like, I okay, don't know yeah. if, like, you've seen, like, this stuff. That's but quality bro, product. Yeah. And it, they have lifetime warranties on their stuff, too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if it breaks down at any point, you can return it and get a yeah, new man. one. So that, I think that, you know, there is something, like you said, there's something to be said for spending for quality. But mm -hmm. I have very much gotten away from spending just for appearances. The biggest thing is learning discipline in your budget. And for me, the mindset changed happened when it was no longer about doing stuff because everyone else thought it looked good and doing it because it made me confident and I could enjoy the way that I look. And that allows me to have more discipline because I'm not trying to keep up with an appearance or keep up with, you know, another way of living so I can live within my own means. When you have that personal confidence and that internal sense of self-worth, it allows you to budget better, manage money. And as you were saying, put money away for the future and live long-term. And one of the best things is I've been able to get into investing, right? And so, you know, yeah. I look at having a portfolio that's diversified and I can put something away and be like, okay, see what happens to it in a little while, mm -hmm. come back to it. It's like, oh, you know, I didn't double my money after <laughs> money years, talk. something like that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that is how, uh, it's funny, I was having a conversation with my mom last night. Uh, we went out to dinner. She was telling me about how she had a 401k plan at one of the early jobs she had. And it was like, well, it was like an investment account actually was what it was. And so they put a portion of your paycheck in like, you know, some specific stocks, right? And she had never even looked at it, right? But it was like, so it was years ago, she never even looked at it. And she once got a report for it and looked at, she was like, how do I have this much money? Like, you know, this is like, interest, changing but... money, right? Like this, yeah. this is good money, but it was just because just a little cut of that paycheck mm -hmm. went away and got put into a solid investment. Now she has money that, you know, she never missed because like, it was like, oh, it wasn't even coming in. So I wasn't even processing it. But now on the back end, she can now do something that she enjoys and she can plan with yeah. that money that she never expected to have. And that is a big way that people develop wealth is being disciplined about their spending, putting away money and giving it a chance to grow. Yep. And then in the future, like you were saying, uh, you can retire early. You can focus on hobbies. You don't have to get stuck in just working a job, you know, day in, day out, just because you got to have that paycheck to paycheck money. Mm -hmm. You can let your money work for itself. And then yeah. you just come back on the back end and enjoy life. And it's a shame. You see like how the statistic you have mentioned at the very earlier our generation is straying away from that mindset. I feel like I feel like earlier generations 
we're a little bit more frugal and we're a little bit more um, financially literate. And, you know, when you have people that are making six figs, which would be considered a decent amount of money to live comfortably living paycheck to paycheck, that's a, you know, it's a pretty alarming statistic about people's thought process and people's understanding of how to manage money. A way to advocate on behalf of the smarter things would be to use YouTube as a resource. You know, mm-hmm. not only us, always tune in to us, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, my, definitely my do that. Every Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of really good people on YouTube that, are, that preach financial literacy in a way that's, you know, digestible, in a way that's understandable for a person that might not know all the jargon. Right, right. And it kind of goes back a little bit to something we mentioned last week about taking personal responsibility and things aren't necessarily easy, but Mm -hmm. it's up to you, right? And so with financial literacy, at the end of the day, it is your money, right? Nobody else is, no one else can be responsible for it. You know, they don't teach it to us in school, unfortunately. It would be great Mm -hmm. if they did, but you have to take charge of your own finances and information age everything is free nowadays like you you can get enough information to fill a college degree just on google right (laughs) (laughs) you know dr google that's what my professors say man (laughs) absolutely literally i've i've had lawyers who specifically say like if i get a complex legal issue i'll be honest sometimes i google it first like i don't even go to the actual (laughs) legal search engines and look cases i'll just google it and see what people are talking about because information is so out there so take charge of your learning take charge of your own financial literacy add some discipline in your life think about what your future goals are right Mm -hmm. i'm trying to retire young man i want to retire 35 man (laughs) Man. it's not gonna happen by louis vuitton knowing lord i can't afford it thanks yeah and with that that will wrap up the second episode of the mindful malpractice podcast thank y'all so so much for tuning in showing love and support always get in the comments let us know feedback we hope that we have addressed all points you guys have given us thank you for that you know our objective is to continue to grow better and better with each video and as you continue to provide feedback and support that's only help us make better videos and make better quality but to grow our viewership which is also a major goal so please continue to support like comment share all that stuff for the youtube algorithm thank y'all so much we'll see y'all next sunday (laughs) YouTube and the Spotify <laughs> algorithm, you know. Smash <laughs> that like button. <laughs> Can't buy it twice, so don't get it as facts. Your music is trash and the feature is tax. How you there, bro, but you still moving packs. How you plan leading the pack from the back? Yeah. All my dogs will attack. Yeah. I don't bang, but I stack. Yeah. Money I bring in the bag. Uh, money I bring in the bag. We securing everything that we ain't never had And we like to pop bags We meet almost broke when I'm looking at the dash Cause I'm driving so fast We came a long way, we ain't never going back Haters always ask how you get it like that I've been working, I've been grinding, you ain't living like that You ain't living like that, yeah I'm just addicted to winning Yeah, this is more than a commitment Yeah, money don't mean that you living Yeah, yeah You know I'ma start what I finish Whenever it's broke, I'ma fix it Get money and get out your feelings